0: Live from the 607, it's the Ocho Duro Parlay Hour, where we're talking everything movies, TV, comics, and entertainment. Join in the conversation on social media with the hashtag ODPH, because here we go. Welcome to an all-new edition of the ODPH Podcast, better known as the Ocho Duro parlay hour what's happening everybody thank you so much for joining us this week my name is ken m joining me in studio as always you know him he is the co-host his name is padawan j hello 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 Folks, we have a lot to talk about in the land of movies, TV, comics, and more. You are tuned into the entertainment edition of the podcast, and we definitely want to interact with you. So make sure to swing on over to odphpodcast.com. Join the conversation after the show on our social media accounts. They're all right there. Check out Parlay Points. New blogs are up right now that you definitely want to take a read. The Tea Public Store. There is a sale going on for Valentine's Day. I don't know how else you can say I love you to somebody than buying a Parlay Club shirt, but hey. If you want to try checking out what we got to sell, that's a perfect gift for the holiday season. And check out the classifieds, the directory, and all that and so much more is at odphpodcast.com. And always remember, use the hashtag odphpod. Kicking off the entertainment edition of the ODPH, we have to recap an event that went down on Disney Plus today. Uh huh. It's one that generated a lot of buzz. It's yes. one that generated a lot of hype. It's one that we have been waiting to see how this is all going to shape out. Because the book of Boba Fett has been a polarizing experience amongst Star Wars fans, pop culture fans. Yeah, mixed bag. Everybody has a different reaction to it. Some people really love it. Yeah. Some people are like, it's okay. Some people really actually do not like it at all. And this series has been something that I think has been a solid addition to the Star Wars family overall. Obviously, when you have the man, the king... The Bounty Hunter, Extraordinaire, Boba Fett coming back, played by Tamora Morrison. Yep. It was a lot of hype coming out of the Mandalorian show, which has been such a big success on Disney Plus that I think people forget about it. The momentum of everything coming out of that is kind of like yeah. just spiraling into other projects. Yeah. Because if the Mandalorian had failed, so would Boba would never gone off the ground. So Boba would, like I said, that would have just completely failed.
1: Well, and then the other thing too, I think people gotta remember is season two of The Mandalorian, I think, ended like December of 20 mm-hmm. December of 2020. So yep. we went, you know, essentially an entire calendar year without any live action Star Wars content. Obviously, we had Bad Batch which was on with, but that's animated. Yeah. You know, so it, it's understandable that people forgot it just because hey, there's a lot of TV out there these days between HBO Max and Amazon Prime and Netflix and Hulu and this that, and the other. It, it's understandable, you know, but it, it, this did a good job at reminding people just what the heck this is and why it's so awesome.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's the one thing with the streaming wars era we live in. There is so much quality shows you can tune in. Yeah you're not subjected to being forced to check something out just to check something out. Right. It's more of an option piece. And for the Star Wars universe, everybody had been waiting about this show because obviously with Boba Fett being such a legendary character of the original movies. Yeah. And obviously the egregiousness that happened in Return of the Jedi, everybody was wondering, well, how is he going to survive? We finally got the answers to that in the series. And this show has had a completely different feel than the other Star Wars projects we've seen. I think that's a very fair statement. Yeah, it is. Because I think this one has had that more criminal, mafioso uh-huh. element to it. A little,
1: little Godfather, yeah,
0: yeah, a little more. I don't want to say spaghetti western, but I, but it's something in that variation as well.
1: Yeah, it, it's like a mix. It's like a mixture of like an old western, you know, like a John Wayne western, and then a mix of Godfather as well. Yeah.
0: So when this show has now come to its conclusion, we have a lot to say about the season finale. So we are going to start talking some spoilers about Chapter Seven in the Name of Honor. Now, if you're new to the show, we give a countdown to give you fair warning. We are going to be posting the timestamps in the show notes. So if you haven't seen the episode yet and you don't want to be spoiled, we're not going to be the ones to do it for you. So after you catch the show, we definitely want you to jump into the podcast here. If you've already seen the episode, you know the deal. Stay tuned and we're going to get right to it. But after that countdown, all bets are off. We're talking spoilers. So that being said, in three, two, one. pad. What did you think?
1: Thought it was a really great finale. Uh, kind of tied up some loose ends and, and set up some stuff for season two. And I do say season two because although it's not officially confirmed, and I don't think we got anything at the end of the show saying no. season two, if you go to Disney Plus and they got the little scrolling bar at the top of the homepage there, it specifically says season finale, not series finale, much like other, like uh, WandaVision did. You know, so it, it leaves a lot of interest going into season two. You know, where we go, we'll see. But I overall really enjoyed it.
0: You knew with the star power that was attached to this and Jon Favreau and Robert Rodriguez, they were going to bring the action with this one. Some people might have said, why did this take so long to get here? And I think what they were trying to do was one, do a slow burn build mm-hmm. that some fans were really not getting along with. They're also, I think, setting up for a much larger story than we see yet. Oh, you can definitely tell by the end of this episode, absolutely, that's uh-huh. that's the plan. And I think we all need to remember trust in the vision of John Favreau and Dave Filoni. Yes. Because they're the masterminds behind this show. The fact well, that we got Robert Rodriguez connected oh, yeah. to is hell just yeah. an added bonus. But when you have the, the brain trust behind this new Star Wars universe, if I can call it that. Sure. You have to give them the benefit of the doubt because everything they've done so far has been a win.
1: Oh, absolutely! And as I've said before, and I will say again, and I will say until my dying breath, Dave Filoni is the best Star Wars storyteller they have today, not named Jon Favreau. Mm-hmm. Jon Favreau is obviously very good in his own right, but I think if you go down the credit, you know, I don't want to say almost like criteria, but like you go down the list of like awesome moments and awesome episodes that Filoni himself has written. It's a lot longer right now than Favreau. So trust me when I say, if Filoni's involved, don't worry. We're good.
0: Yes. So that's the one saving grace about this show. Because obviously when you have so many moving parts, especially with the amount of the Mandalorian story interjected in this show, it it takes a lot of balance to go. But like you touched upon, they're building to a very bigger scale. Sure. Now, to what degree... I don't know.
1: I I, I think you have to say they're building to something larger just because you look at what happened in Clone Wars, you know, where there was a buildup of of crime syndicate forces into one group. Mm -hmm. You know, the Pikes were involved. You had a whole bunch of others involved. I don't want to spoil it because, listen, I'm going to say it. I'm going to say it again. Go watch Clone Wars. It's amazing. You know, and then you had a little bit of a continuation of that in Solo, you know, a, a Star Wars story where, again, that group kind of reared its head, and this is, you know, that was taking place before episode four, so presumably we could still see remnants of that in this, you know, time period down the road, and I think that's what they're doing, is they're not going full tilt, and they're not giving it to us all right now, it's like, hey, we know some of you didn't see Clone Wars, we know some of you didn't see Solo for one reason or another, we're going to slowly build you into this, and then give you the payoff later.
0: And it makes perfect sense to do that. And especially if they're going to sustain this universe moving forward, much in the same vein of the MCU on Disney Plus. Sure. They don't want to give everything away too soon. I mean, the only drawback I've had with the show is the amount of screen time that was given to the Mandalorian story. Sure. But I understand why, because the Mandalorian is the hot name in the Star Wars universe right now. Yeah. It's generated that much buzz that when Disney Plus first opened. There was the first show on there, and how bad was the lagging and stream crashing and all that jazz oh, going on? Oh, boy, that was bad. I
1: remember, I was off work that day. I remember. It was bad.
0: Yeah, and then that obviously rolled into becoming a character that is now up there in the echelons of Luke Skywalker, Princess Leia, Han Solo. Oh, yeah. So you have to give it up to what they were doing over there with Pedro Pascal and the animated uh, sidekick of Grogu. Yeah. So this is just something that has been a beneficial piece to that puzzle. And then that's where we jump in because where Boba takes over – in the history of Star Wars taking the throne from Jabba the Hutt, who has been long gone at this point. Yep. Boba's being met with some resistance on Tatooine.
1: Uh, yeah, fair amount. The townspeople don't really care for him. The other, I don't. I guess you could call them crime heads. You know, whatever heads. You know, they're not necessarily inter- intergalactic, but they're kind of like planet based. They're like, who the hell are you, and why? Are we, why should we listen to you? So yeah, he's he's meeting some uh, pushback.
0: Yes, but luckily he does have some forces with him. Obviously, yeah. Fennec Shan, played by Ming Na has yeah. been the star of this series thus far. Oh yeah, and she has been the loyal side uh, soldier to him. And doing the dirty work when it needs to get done. Uh-huh. We have an emerging superstar coming out of this by the character of Christian. Yeah, the, the uh, Wookiee. Yes, who is going to be the, bre- I think is the officially the breakout character from this show. I would have to say so, yeah. And you are seeing, obviously, the Mandalorian has made his appearance here as well. So the forces of Boba are coming together and it's all building to the standoff in Mos Espa. hmm Where he has that weird meeting, like true criminals meet. Yep. With the one only really Cad Bane. Uh-huh. And the Pike Syndicate. Uh-huh. And it's very cool about the interaction there because Cad and Boba have known each other. Yeah,
1: mind? they have a little bit of history just because when Boba... So after the events of uh, Star Wars Attack of the Clones, where his father dies, Boba kind of goes off on his own and, and becomes a bounty hunter. And he starts learning by way of some of the of the more notorious bounty hunters in the galaxy. Aura Sing is one he learns from... Bosk makes an appearance. He's the reptile-looking guy from uh, Empire Strikes Back. Dengar shows up at one point, another one from Empire Strikes Back. But one of the ones that he does reluctantly pile around with because they just don't get along is Cad Bane. You know, and Cad Bane tries to show him the ropes and tries to help him along, but just because Boba's so bo- you know boneheaded and, and and set in his ways, they don't always get along with each other. You know, to the point where like they almost prevented a job they were working on together from getting done.
0: Yeah, so you can definitely feel the animosity there. Yeah. And it's cool seeing that they meet up there because Boba is basically saying, this is my land, I'm defending this city, you're not going to do anything to take away from it. And Cad Bane is just saying, no, this is the Pike's territory. I love the
1: one line between the two where Boba's talking and he's like, I'm not a kid anymore and you're old. And, and Cad just looks at him and goes, yeah, but I'm still faster than you.
0: Yeah. It's a very cool play against each other because, I mean, they're... You know, colleagues. You know, honor amongst thieves. If you want, uh they're they're old school. Yeah, so that was a cool play, and I did. Love, I love seeing that sequence because you can definitely tell that Boba is as much as he's trying to be a level-headed ruler in this area. Yeah, he's struggling. Oh yeah. And you can definitely tell that his emotions were getting worked up. I mean, obviously, Fennec had a kind of warm calm down. Yeah,
1: I mean, because this is nothing his father trained him for. You know, his father trained him to be trained him to be a bounty hunter. Mm-hmm. He learned from bounty hunters how to do bounty hunting. That's why he got so damn good at it. Yeah. So for him to kind of turn the cape over, so to speak, and go from, oh, I'm going to be a bounty hunter to, oh, I'm going to be this like, you know, I don't know what kind of ruler you want to say, but just be the ruler of this planet it's kind of fly by your pants learning because there's no amount of bounty hunter training that teaches you how to rule a set of people. It's Your job is just do the job, get paid, move on.
0: Right. So while this is going on, though, we did get a visitor that finally has reemerged in this universe because once we see that Pelimoto has a visitor at yeah. her garage, yep. it's the one and only Grogu, uh uh-huh. who has now made his official choice He's Team Mandalorian over Team Skywalker. How did you feel about that, Pad? I mean, makes sense. I'm I'm this isn't anything I'm used to. I'm not
1: used to. I'm used to at that time 5 seasons of the Clone Wars and not knowing what the hell was going to happen to Ahsoka simply because she was not in Revenge of the Sith the film at all. Hmm. So so the fact that like we a character got introduced in between a set of films, you know, that had already taken place and already come out. This isn't anything I'm already not used to. Like I said, I had to deal. I love Filoni. I had to deal with him and Ashley Eckstein who voiced Ahsoka in the animated series. I had to deal with five years of them dodging questions and not giving straight answers about if Ahsoka survived or not. I'm listen.
0: I'm used to it at this point. I was like, okay, well, it made sense to me because obviously after last episode, Luke gave Grogu the ultimatum. You either accept the chainmail sweater that the Mandalorian had made for you. Or you take behind door number two, Yoda's lightsaber. Yeah. And Grogu made the choice for the armor, which I'm not super shocked with. Neither am I. Like, we have to remember. Okay, one, he's still a kid. Like, I understand Star Wars age and all that jazz. Yeah, he's
1: 50, but, yeah, he's still a child.
0: He's still a child. So he's going to go to the one person that has laid down his life for him how many times? Right. And there is that family bond
1: with him. Right. Well, and and even go back to what Ahsoka said when she was talking to the Mandalorian in the last episode, where she said he's having difficulties because he's so attached to you.
0: Yeah. So, obviously, you're going to go to the sure thing, which is the connection with the Mandalorian. Yeah. So, like, I wasn't super shocked with it. No, I, I, no. You know, I got hit up on social media. People are asking, like, do you really think he's going to take it? And I'm like, hell yeah, he's going to take it. There's no way he wasn't going to take it, like, yeah. because otherwise
1: they would never have a season three. Yeah, it's like asking a toddler or like somebody who's like four or five years old, do you want to go to pre-K or do you want to stay home with mommy and daddy? What do you think they're going to say? Ex- they're gonna, they're gonna, that's why every kid you see getting dropped off at pre-K for the first time is bawling their eyes out, because
0: they don't want to leave mom
1: and dad. Yeah,
0: so it was a very cool scene to see that Grogu is now here, and he'll be joining the party sooner than later. Yeah. But now we go back to Team Boba who is at the sanctuary, because, I mean, obviously they opened up investigating when the Pike Syndicate made their first blow, blowing up the bar. Yep. And now they have been confronted yet again by Cad Bane and company, uh, which basically the ultimatum was given out by Boba, who really did it in stellar fashion. Oh, yeah. Sent out the mayor's uh, squire there. Yeah, the the, the lackey. The lackey to go read off the demands to everyone.
1: This guy just annoyed the shit out of me from talking, because it's like, you need to say what you need to in a lot fewer words
0: mm. yeah which i mean i i completely understood what he was doing oh yeah no he's the pencil
1: pusher he's he's got to talk
0: he's, he's definitely got to talk he definitely made his thing and, and one thing that we forgot to mention earlier is cad bane actually tipped his hand a little too much he made a mistake uh-huh. in this show uh-huh what was that mistake Pat? uh
1: he told boba about the uh tuscan raiders getting killed by the pike syndicate yeah and
0: how it was a frame
1: yeah because he well because Cad Bane meets with the 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 uh, Pike Syndicate and basically getting the information. He's like, "Oh, don't worry, free time won't be an issue." Blah blah blah. And and the, it gets brought up. Well, what about any other backup? And the, the Pike Syndicate goes, "Well, he doesn't have any. You know, he was temporarily living with a, a Tuscan Raider camp, but they got destroyed. and He thinks it was this biker game, biker gang. And, and Cad Bane goes, does he know that?'" And he they go, "Not right now.
0: No, but once he finds out during this whole mess." this is when the episode really picks up Uh because now you're at that final stand. Boba is now not backing down. Even though Cad Bane was trying to call him out earlier. Cad's kind of just laying in the shadows at this point, but he's still lurking around. Yeah. And when Boba says, okay, this is my demands. We're not doing this.
1: That was great.
0: Oh yeah, that was. That was oh great.
1: my god, he sends the he sends the mayor's secretary, yep. lackey, whatever it is, out because he's you know went to some college on Coruscant. You know?
0: Yeah, we got to remember talk about
1: that. He he went to Coruscant. I don't I don't know if you can pick it up by my accent. My accent's kind of gone away as of late, but I went to Coruscant and studied at a school, and one of the things I studied in was uh, negotiation, so I could be a negotiator. All right, let me write down what my what my terms are, and he sends them out. And he goes, and the mayor's secretary goes through this whole like song and dance of like an official announcement for what his, you know, demands are. And then he looks, he looks down at the fucking tablet, and he goes, "Uh, you know what? Why don't we talk about what you want first? What do you guys want? No, read off the tablet. Uh, he, I have no demands. Leave."
0: Yeah. So I mean, like I said, it's a very cool scene. Like I said, Pat, we had to do it a little more in detail. Just to go back on that, because it is really where everything picks up. Because yeah. once the demands are met or thrown down, yep. the Pike Syndicate decides to attack. Uh-huh. And this is but it's also they have more numbers in their party than we realize. Yeah. Why is that bad?
1: Uh because and they flash back and that's the thing with the the show is anytime they show a flashback, you know, or like in the little recap, it's gonna end up being important and they flash back to one of the earlier episodes where the pikes were first showing up, and Boba made the deal with the other crime lords. Hey, stay neutral, and we'll be okay. So Boba and his crew are trying to fight off the pikes syndicate, but then everybody around him starts turning tail, well, turning coat, I guess you could say, and fighting Boba and his crew, because they've double-crossed him.
0: Yes, which is true to the crime story they're trying oh, yeah. to tell. Had no issue with this. The action goes really kind of crazy here which I loved. You did see Team Boba, which is his little biker gang, Shand and and the Mandalorian go hiding inside a building because they basically have to decide what they're going to do now. And you have that kind of moment of truth between them, and they really kind of say, well, okay, we're going to do this. Let's do this right. So they come out gangbuster style. Yeah. And this is where you know this is a Robert Rodriguez production. Yeah, it is. Shit hits the fan. Oh my Lord have mercy. This is just you're seeing all types of laser shots going on. You're seeing the slickest moves too by the Mandalorian. Uh huh. Like when they come flying out in that jetpack sequence where they yeah. do this emergence and they're taking out people left and right. Yeah. And then you're seeing that 360 spin move he did. Uh huh. I mark, I was like, okay, that's cool.
1: Yeah, that's Robert Rodriguez. Yeah, that's but it is that's perfect. Yeah. It, it was perfect. The only I had,
0: thing missing was Danny Trejo. Oh, I know he should have been back for this. Still mad about that. But they start getting into their battle, and it eventually turns out like Boba and company are holding off a little bit. Yeah. But then once they start feeling like they have the upper hand, mm-hmm. the Pike Syndicate releases something else. Yeah. And this one, I know we had a listener, uh, Joe, shoot a line and said, Scorponex. Oh, mm, I, I don't, couldn't tell you what this is. It's this the first time I'm seeing it. But it was similar to Transformers. Oh, okay. Now, obviously, okay, let's be yeah, it. Let's, let's yeah. clear. It was a cool Easter egg nod. Yeah. Definitely not the same thing. No. But we definitely want to make sure, I no. uh, definitely want to give a tip off to Joe about that. And you see these two mechanical droids coming out. Yep. Big warheads on them, have a force field around them. Yeah, yep, 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 yep. And are now starting to kind of lay waste to everybody in sight. Yeah. Where Boba basically gives the order to the Mandalorian, hold them off, I've got an idea. Yeah,
1: because it's two of them and they're separate because you've got Boba and the Mandalorian are off in one part of town. You've got Black, because Boba sent all of his crew around to watch the various crime lord's areas, Mm -hmm. you know, the Trandoshan area and this area. So you had the bikers, I guess I'll call them, you know, the mopeds you know, were off in one area. You had Black Christian off in another area. You know, and just as shit was hitting the fan, you lost, all. he lost all contact with them. We knew what was going on as the viewer, but he was trying to raise them on the comlink and they weren't answering. So these things run run in, um, you know, and, and Mandalorian pulls out the, the Darksaber and tra- yeah. stupidly tries using it against the bubble shield to very little effect. And then we see what Boba went to get
0: yeah, which, oh god, w- when you talk about hitting DEFCON 5, you talk about... This
1: ain't DEFCON 5, this is like DEFCON
0: 9. Yeah, this is like the end-all, be-all. He goes, gets the Rancor. Which, we knew when he teased this, you know, it
1: got mentioned. We're like, alright, we gotta see him on the Rancor. And sure as shit, he's riding... You wanna know what Boba was doing those entire two episodes? That's what he was doing. He's learning how to ride the Rancor.
0: Yeah, which he definitely did. And like I say, Joe shot the line in two. The Rancors usually move just, like, one way. Uh-huh. This one was move, moving quasi-ways. Yeah. Which I thought was a very cool nod. Like oh, I, yeah. And it had that monster movie feel to it. Yeah, it did. A lot of his climbing seemed yeah, like King Kong.
1: Yeah, oh, I, I noticed that, especially when, he went to, when Bobo got thrown off, and he started going nuts, and they were all firing at him, and he climbed the tower in the center of town, and he even... Grabbed onto it with one hand and let the other one out. I'm like, oh, that's a nod to King Kong.
0: Yeah, it was perfectly well played on that one, too. Meanwhile, you have the Mandalorian, who is the distraction, running away. Yep. Buying time for the citizens of Freetown, too. We need yeah. to remember, they did show up they to help. Up. They showed up to give some help. Obviously, it was needed because Bobo was definitely outnumbered in, in time. But as the Mandalorian is running away, he finally gets caught up with his favorite sidekick. Yeah, Grogu, he's been brought he's
1: been brought there by some of the uh some of the other friends. And it's like, "Oh, hey, look who I brought for you. Run, run." Yes. And the droid comes around the corner and she's like, "Hi," and she's like, "Hi, tail it. You bucket of bolts."
0: Yes. So they start getting the upper hand a little bit. But then Oh, man, something happens.
1: Yeah, so they start getting the upper hand. You know, I the the uh, Rancor ends up ripping to shreds one of the droids. Mm-hmm. You know, takes care of that. <clears throat> and then I think he takes care of the other. Uh, he goes off and he takes care of the other one, too. Yes. But then once that's all said and done... Cad Bane comes in on his rocket boots. Yeah, how but,
0: fucking badass was uh, that? I'm
1: so glad we saw those because I know people were. He's used them in Clone Wars, and I know people were wondering about him last week. I'm like, I think I saw him on there. Just he wanted to be more badass and walk across the desert, mm-hmm. but he comes in on his rocket boots and and adeptly takes out his wrist flamethrower, much like Boba has, and he uses it as a deterrent because yeah. he he he's probably faced a rank before. He oh, I'm sure he knows what to do. Starts firing it off and bursts, freaks the rancor out. The rancor rears, throws Boba off. That goes off and goes all King Kong on everybody. And then we have the face down, face off between Boba and Cad Bane.
0: And how cool was this? Oh, it's so good. This was like one of the best portions of the entire episode. Uh huh. You finally had the face off, and Bane is just like, let's do this. And he's still getting in Boba's head, too. Oh, yeah. He lands a shot on him. Now, you got to remember, too, during the fight scene with the Pike Syndicate. Boba was taking shots. So was the Mandalorian. So was the yeah. Mandalorian. Yeah. Christian was taken down too as well, Yeah, piled on. And we thought he was left for dead, yep. even though he came back during this whole sequence. Yeah. Taking shots and still moving forward like a badass He's too. a, a Wookiee. It takes a lot to take down a Wookiee. Right. But you think that Boba at this point is kind of worn down a little bit. Kind of almost like, I want to say, in a weird sense. Yeah. Like the story Nightfall by Batman when he had to go sure. fight all his enemies. Like, sure. It's just that much... Damage on your body and still trying to go forward is just taking its toll. And Cad Bane, being a master strategist, yeah. knew this. Oh, yeah. And definitely took his shots. He landed ones. He was about ready to kill Boba, too. Uh huh. Which I thought it was kind of interesting about how Cad Bane this entire time was saying how Boba had changed. Mm-hmm. What's your angle? You're not the killer you once were. Yeah. And then obviously Boba's helmet, which, okay, this is one thing that was driving me nuts a little bit, too. Yeah. That helmet was coming off a lot this episode. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, which I was just like, okay. A I Like, I understand, you know, it's not on permanently like yeah. the other Mandalorians and such. Yeah. I, that was something that just kind of struck me funny. Yeah. I just got to mention that because obviously he has his helmet off during this scene. And he's basically baiting Cad Bane to come and shoot him because he looks like he's defeated. But lo and behold, uh-huh. the man, the myth, the le- legend gets the staff. That he was given from the Tuscan Raiders, and winds up taking out Cad Bane from his back. Does like a leg sweep, or, or I guess in this case a gaffy s- stick sweep.
1: Yes. So you know, essentially it's a leg sweep. You know, leg sweeps him out with the gaffy stick, drops Cad to the ground. He stands up. He's got the snarl on his face, and he's holding the pointy end of the gaffy stick in his face. And he's
0: like, "Checkmate, motherfucker." Yes. Proving, once again, Boba Fett is the baddest motherfucker in the galaxy.
1: I mean, Boba Fett did bring down a Star Destroyer as a teenager.
0: Yes. Just saying. That's what I say. You you wonder why I mark out as much as I do for him. Don't believe me. Go watch Clone Wars. Facts. So, at this point, Cad Bane is presumed dead. I will come back to that. Uh Uh-huh. And we do get a very odd camera shot, too, that uh-huh. basically shows Cad lying uh-huh. there uh-huh. with, like, a little stab, but his armor is kind of t- uh, going off There's a well. There's a beeping. which yes. It
1: sounds like a heartbeat. Yes. Yeah, I picked up on that,
0: too. Yeah, yeah. so that's why I'm saying presumed and dead.
1: And, yeah, and unlike comic book movies or comic books where it's like, oh, I don't believe they're dead unless there's a body. Mm-hmm. Star Wars, I don't believe they're dead unless there ain't nobody, and it's been completely disintegrated because, hey, let's not forget, Darth Maul got cut in fucking half, and he survived. Yeah. So in Star Wars, I don't believe nobody's dead.
0: Yeah, so I think they, they left that nice little uh-huh. loophole to come back yeah, to.
1: Yeah, he was laying there, but there was very a very distinct
0: beeping. Yes. I was going to get to that later, but yeah, we can't wait on that one. So now the job is to calm down the rancor. Good luck. But there's one person that finds a way to do it. Yes. And he uses the Force. Yes. And that's Grogu. Yeah, yeah. Like I said, he's learned some things. Yeah, well, you got to figure that much time with Luke Skywalker, and we don't have that timetable, but... right?
1: Well, and you got to figure. He, I forget the exact line, but he said that like he basically alluded to the fact that like Grogu isn't really learning new things; he's unlocking old memories. Yeah, and so that's when we saw the scene. He's like, "Oh, let me help you unlock some of those memories." So, ergo when he show, uh, we saw the scene from uh, order, 66. Order, order 66 that unlocked some of his latent abilities or stuff he had already learned just because of trauma and blocking out the memory he'd forgotten. So this might've been something he learned how to do at the Jedi temple.
0: You have to figure something's up because obviously he's gotten some training now, so he's not so right. I don't want to use the word defenseless, Well,
1: you got to remember the one time he essentially tried to use a trick like this in season one where he held whatever it was up in the air Mm -hmm. and he passed out and was out for like a couple of days.
0: Yeah. So now obviously the training with Luke has worked because he, Put a rancor down. Uh-huh. Not, uh huh. Not not killed, but he he yeah, put no, it down. Yeah, he he put it to sleep. Yeah. So, the battle has now finally been done in Mos Uh huh. And Team Boba is still standing, albeit though very worn, very battered. Yeah. And the, they've also got a
1: pissed off rancor sleeping, but you know.
0: Yeah, but I mean, they'll kind of worry about that when he wakes up, because Boba is kind of saying, you know, we'll get everybody in. in the back to tank back to tank. Yeah. yeah and just you kind know, of like everybody be good. Don't worry.
1: He did. He did say he owes a very long back to tank session to black Kirsten.
0: Yeah. So I'm I'm completely fine seeing him come back to. Yeah. Meanwhile, while this is going on, okay, we we're after right after the scene, because oh. almost felt like this was going on during it. Yeah. If anybody is complaining about the violence level on Disney plus, I just want to point out this next following sequence. Because we see the loose ends get tied up with the Pike Syndicate. They
1: threw. I also want to point out at the towards the beginning of the episode, they threw the two Gamorian guards that were working for Boba off of like a five hundred foot cliff. Yeah. Now, granted, we didn't see him go curse splat, but you don't exactly need to see him curse splat. I believe that's what they like to call terminal velocity.
0: Yes. But this sequence, though. God, we goddamn we do see the Pike syndicates goddamn and company company get laid out uh huh and one of them is hung yeah they are like
1: this is not Disney Plus I see I thought this was gonna be like somebody I didn't expect it to be Fennec Shand I expected it to be like somebody they were gonna introduce like. So, like somebody that was sent on by somebody else who I think might be coming for season two that like, oh, you guys fucked up, you know, crime, like crime crime movie, like, oh, you fucked up, I'm going to kill you, you should, you didn't do the job I set you out to do, kill, like, I thought it was going to be that, but then Fennec turned up, I'm like, oh, okay, that makes sense.
0: Fennec Shan kills everybody in the most, like, stylistic way possible uh-huh. to send a message, like, it's, uh-huh. it's badass to say the least, but I'm sitting there going, like, Oh shit! Yeah, like I, I get, Bo- I get the
1: feeling that her and Boba are gonna come to blows before too long.
0: Well, the one thing is, I think Fennec is understanding the temp in the room, so to speak. Sure. And obviously, if you're living that life of a criminal, which I mean, let's face it, mm-hmm. Boba is. There is kind of like a fine line about how much peace, love, and granola you can be. And then when you have to be ruthless to maintain your territory,
1: sure. But I also think they're going to come to blows just because you look at all the moments that took place in this show, especially with there was the one moment where Boba was talking about I forget what it was like shutting something down or not, and she's like, "No, that's a serious amount of money. We're going to be denying ourselves and this and that." Like I just feel like they're going to come to blows. There's too many differences between the two of them.
0: Well, I think they're slowly building towards that. But I mean, that but that's what happens. Absolute power always corrupts. I mean, this uh-huh. this is something that. You you've seen this no matter what crime show you've ever watched. Yeah. Whoever is on top does not usually stay there that long. Yeah. It's just it's the nature of the beast that is that life. Yeah. So for Boba, you might have won this round. Fennec is probably seeing, okay, I've just literally risked my life. We could be rich. We could be doing business with spice. Yeah. Boba doesn't want this because he's got this weird dream world sequence going on in his head. Mm-hmm. How is this all going to shave out?
1: He's almost got... It's almost... if And if you've seen Clone Wars, you'll know what I'm talking about. He's almost got a vision like Duchess Satine had for Mandalore mm-hmm. in, in Clone Wars where it was like, they were peaceful people. They don't fight anymore. And if you know how Clone Wars went, you know how that went for her.
0: Yeah, so... Spoiler alert. Not well. It's going to be interesting how they play this out. And as we see the Mandalorian and Grogu take off... Obviously, yep, going you know, in, someplace in the good favor of Boba. So.
1: Shout out to their final scene.
0: <laughs> yes, that, that is a very cool one.
1: He keeps tapping on the window. No, taps on the window more. No, taps on it harder. No, basically almost breaks the damn window. All right, fine, just one more time.
0: Zip, there they go. Going into hyperspace. It's a cool moment to end the show on. And then the mid-credit bonus scene. This confused the shit out of me. I actually had to look up who, what this was. Well, we do see that Cobb Vanth, uh-huh.
1: Is in the tank. See, I didn't know I couldn't tell it was him. I had to like rewind this scene like five, six times, and I still couldn't figure out who it was. Like at one point I'm like, is that Palpatine? Like, cause it looked kinda like Palpatine from because it was a weird angle they were going they were going in with, and I'm like, the fuck is this? And, like I rewind it five, six times, and at one point, I think about the third or fourth time, I was like, Is that Palpatine? Nah, that can't be Palpatine given the story. And I actually had to look it up because I couldn't tell who it was. But once I read I'm like, oh, okay, that makes sense.
0: Yeah, it definitely made sense because, obviously, Boba felt that Cobb Banth was going to work with him. Yeah. He wants to take care of, of an ally. And albeit, though, when he has him in this tank, we do see another familiar face that's ready to light a torch on him. And that is the repair guy uh-huh. that, Fennec, that fixed Fennec Shand. Yep. So, I don't know how this is going to shape out next season. Uh something tells me that you're looking
1: at the villain for season 2. Quite possibly. Cuz he's going to cuz you know how this goes when I'm in movies and TV shows, like some guy almost gets killed, brought back to life with some form of like bodily implants and enhancements, quote unquote. And they're pissed off at who, uh, you know, it's it's the Two-Face Batman thing that, like, Two-Face blames Batman for what happened to him. Is Batman responsible? Maybe. It depends on how you look at it. Mm-hmm. You know, but I think that's what's going to end up happening is we'll see Vance come back and and he will be all sorts of pissed off at as to what happened.
0: It's going to be interesting to see how they do this. And like we said, as we're recording, they have not officially announced Chapter 2 of Boba Fett. Right, but the... All signs point to all
1: it. All signs point to it, given the fact that it said season finale, not
0: series finale. Right. So we expect more to be coming. We just haven't yeah. heard the official release yet. Yeah. I imagine that'll be coming within the next week or so. I would yeah, I would say so. Disney doesn't like waiting too long. That or
1: the next online Disney-like event. Right. Like, like they had that one last year, like in the middle of the year or whatever it was, where it's like, oh, hey, let's announce and, and preview all of our shows that are coming out soon.
0: Well, you know that con season will be started coming up sooner than later. I would yeah. imagine we might hear some Ooh, stuff in a couple months.
1: Celebration is coming up for Star Wars. Oh, ce- oh that's right, uh, ce- Celebration is taking place in May It's because uh, it was canceled last year. That's right. Uh, it's taking place. So I, I would guess if we get a uh, confirmation it would be Star Wars Celebration in May.
0: So let's end it on this notepad. Final thoughts on this episode. Uh, great
1: episode. Pro- obviously the most action-packed of the bunch, and then absolutely
0: loved it. This is the show that I've been waiting for this, with this episode. That it was action packed. We did not waste any time reestablishing how badass Boba is, and that's what you want to do with your main character. Like I understand, it went away from the Mandalorian uh, in his story for a couple episodes, but like, let's face it, if you're going to do this, they did it the right way. Albeit though, they're planning something bigger, and that's the only way you can describe the disappearance from Boba, unless he was really practicing riding the Rancor, which makes sense if they want to do that in like a Disney Plus bonus uh, episodes there. Like the assembled for Avengers shows, either way, the show I think, in my opinion, was a hit. I think it really established who Boba Fett is and the new direction they want to go in, which I don't think is a bad one. But it will be very interesting to see how they play this out for season two. Currently, the season of one of Boba Fett is on Disney Plus, so definitely want to go check out all seven episodes. But hit us up on that hashtag, hashtag #ODPHPod. What is your thoughts about the season finale of? season one of the book of boba fett we want to know we're going to take a quick break we'll be right back
1: hey welcome to the last comic shop podcast
0: a comic book podcast that
1: actually talks about
0: comics yep each week we open the shop up and read and discuss a comic sometimes we pair that up with comic book movies or tv shows we're not lots of times it's just comic books and sound effects Oh, yes. Definitely lots of sound effects. So tune in on all
1: the major podcasting platforms The Last Comic Shop Podcast. Or check out our library of evergreen shows at www.lastcomicshoppodcast.com.
0: Coming back for another segment on this edition of the ODPH Podcast. And let's still talk some Star Wars, shall we? Sure. Obviously, Book of Boba Fett is now wrapped up. We have a little time in between now and the next show coming out, which we'll talk about in one shots. Mm Mm-hmm. But that being said, we have to now officially have a rank for where the Book of Boba Fett fits. Okay. And obviously, Padawan J is the Star Wars expert of the ODPH. This is true. So, Pad, you have now seen seven Star Wars shows in the yep. mythos here? Yep. So, why don't you give us our ranking? Where is your top seven now?
1: Yeah, so these are the seven shows I've seen. Obviously, there are like, let's see, six, twelve. Uh, 18 19 20 21 shows Uh, i'm going off of a wikipedia list uh, of star wars i haven't seen them all so this is just a list based off of of what i've seen and kind of i'll go worst to best okay uh at number seven i will put the uh micro series clone wars by gen uh gen Kennedy uh, uh, I know I'm gonna catch some flack for that because that's got a very cult following I enjoyed it for what it was at the time this aired on Cartoon Network from 2003 to 2005 and it was in five minute increments up until season two I think uh, you know they didn't do it all at once it was kind of stretched out it was and it was to fill in the gap uh, between as you can tell with the 2003 after attack of the clones came out 2005. When Revenge of the Sith came out, I think it actually even finished like either the week of or the week before uh, Revenge of the Sith came out. You know, I enjoyed it for what it was. It was like a, it was to fill in the gaps and kind of explain some stuff that was going on between the films. It did introduce us to General Grievous. It also introduced us to Jedi Shaggy. <laughs> Google that. You'll see what I mean. There's a character that was shown in the first episode Grievous appeared in. That looks a lot like Shaggy from Scooby-Doo. Okay. it It's weird. You know, so for what it was at the time, I enjoyed it. I do have both seasons on my uh, Apple Cloud account just because I bought them years and years and years ago. You know, because at the time, you know, it, w- it was one of those things like, all right, Revenge of the Sith had come out. You could buy the seasons of the show on, on iTunes. It didn't look like, it was kind of like the dark times of Star Wars. It didn't look yeah. like there was going to be much coming out in terms of Star Wars. There weren't any movies. There weren't any TV shows. So I said, You know what? here's something I can buy that I can watch at any time I enjoy it, you know, So, and I did when my parents were getting a new computer, I did go off of their old hard drive, because at the time with iTunes, you, there was no cloud, you had to pull it off, you had to pull the file off of your hard drive and move it to another one, so I had the computer guy pull the files for the show off the hard drive, and put them on the new hard drive, so I enjoyed it for what it was, but it, I don't enjoy it now, just because it's a little hokey compared to what they've done these days.
0: Yeah, I could definitely see. I, I've caught a couple episodes of that. I mean, they're yeah. the real short ones Reform before, yeah. Sith, like you talked about. Yeah, like they were good for the time it was in, but they, I don't think they hold up to this day. Yeah, no. Like,
1: like I said, they introduced General Grievous. It introduced the size of Ventress. You know, it did show us the battle. You know, right before uh, episode three started, so we saw you know the Separatists appear on Coruscant, and we saw Grievous. Uh, kidnap Chancellor Palpatine and we saw why he has that wheeze Mm -hmm. you know or at least why it was at that point you know how he got that wheeze so for like I said for its time it was good now doesn't really hold up for me also you had a freaking speeder bike riding I don't know what the hell he was in dirge who could regenerate his arms made no goddamn sense still makes no sense reasons reasons uh, next up at number six, I'm going to put visions again, nothing against, nothing against the show. It's entirely enjoyable, but I've seen a lot. It's only one season. It could, if they do more seasons, it could move up in the rankings, but for the other ones I've seen, I just enjoy those a lot more.
0: Interesting. Yeah. I would, I would have had visions in my top five. Uh, yeah, no, but, I, but I, like I said, nothing against it. Just, I've seen, I've seen better. No, but just the different style and, and episodes that they did for it. I mean, it was just a cool, n- nice twist. Yeah to what they were doing with uh, the Star Wars mythos. I mean, seriously, I mean, how many times do you have a job of running a a rock band?
1: That's very true. I mean... Not often. Yes. Not often.
0: But the different styles of anime, I thought was just so dope on that too. So I would have had mine higher. Yeah. I don't don't argue about it. It's just...
1: (sighs) uh and so next at number five i'm going to uh put the uh, show rebels uh this was uh the sequel series or the second animated series that was done by dave Filoni and company uh ran from 2014 to 2018 and was set in between uh episodes three and episodes four so revenge of the sith and a new hope uh fantastic show all seasons are on disney plus i highly recommend you go check it out uh do you see some payoff with in regards to uh what is it uh uh, rogue one some stuff Mm -hmm. up there's some filler episodes quote unquote that make an appearance later in rogue one uh and there's a certain ship that you see in that show that it since has made two appearances in the film uh it's made an appearance in uh rogue one and then it made an appearance in uh rise of skywalker interesting yeah so it's, it's a good show definitely give it a recommend uh after that i'm going to put uh the bad batch which is the sequel series i guess you could say uh to clone wars this is currently going on it's uh started uh, just this year uh it's following a group of uh, let's call them imperfect clones you know Mm -hmm. where clones are supposed to be bred perfectly and in you know nothing wrong with them these ones have got some uh, different ticks about them there's something you know one's a master tactician one's a great sniper you know one's the heavy you know tank of the group you know it's a good show definitely worth the watch you know uh, but like I said, still going on only one season. So it's very easy to catch up on. Highly recommend it.
0: See, I would have had visions higher than that for me, that's but fair. but like I say, I understand your logic.
1: Sure. Uh, well, and it also plays off my love of Clone
0: Wars. Yeah, I know that exactly. Yeah. That's that. That's a big Padawan J oh, yeah. yes. subject right there. Yes.
1: Uh, and then after that, I'm going to put a uh, book of Boba Fett. This one, again, i just started only got the one season. You've been hearing us talk about it on the show. I love Boba Fett. I'm, I'm not over the moon. Like, Holy shit! Greatest character of all time. But I do enjoy the character. I do enjoy seeing him on screen. Seeing Tamora Morrison return to reprise the role again, you know, reprise the role and be in the Star Wars mythos again is awesome to see. You know, it's been great to see them bring Cad Bane back and all the other stuff they've done with the show. So super excited. You know, so I do, I do love the hell out of it.
0: Obviously, you know, I got that higher on my list. But oh yeah, yeah. One, I'm a Boba Fett mark. Yeah, I think that Boba is the coolest character known to man, possibly. Uh, and I think what they did here is they really just cleaned up a lot of the mess that was left after Return of the Jedi. Right. And they borrowed enough from the canon but forged their own that uh-huh. it, that a lot of it made sense. And some of it is new and I can see the logic there. So I'm sure. not like super upset by it. Sure. My only thing is I think they what I would have done instead of uh, uh, focusing so much on the Mandalorian. Uh-huh. I would have just knocked the series down to five episodes instead of seven. Kept it super short. Yeah. And I think you really would have had a more beneficial story. I think that's something that really hurt this go around of it. Sure. But I don't think it's anything detrimental because of the characters you introduced, like you talked about. Cad Bane, we now see him in the live action. Christian is now there as well. Yeah. Fennec Shand has really been flexed out a little more of how much of a badass she is. Like, There's so many new elements added to this pocket Star Wars universe that... Fans can be really excited about.
1: Yeah, uh, up next and second, I will ha- I have the Mandalorian. This is a show that when it was announced, I got to admit I wasn't. I was excited for it, but I didn't know what the hell to expect from it. Just because it wasn't anybody from the universe that we knew, completely new character. You know, I was like, all right, hopefully this works. If it blows up, okay, this is gonna suck. But it, it's exceeded my expectations at every turn. You know, just from the shock surprise and surprise at the very first episode of meeting the child Grogu and going, how the fuck did you keep that a secret for this entire time? Yeah. You know, to all the craziness and, you know, with the dark saber making its appearance after being in clone wars to, you know, Ahsoka showing up in season two and and seeing Luke in season two, you know, it's just exceeded my expectations at every turn and it's so good.
0: Yeah, it definitely is. I mean, it's, it's something that when it first came out, I think everybody was kind of wondering, what it was going to be and what it was really kind of having that idea of a new Star Wars property. Sure. Nobody had any idea about what was going to go on. The only thing people knew is Pedro Pascal was connected to it. Right. Could it go somewhere? Could it really do anything? And what it did is it really gave a new energy to the Star Wars fan base that if anybody was disenfranchised with how the Rise of Skywalker ended things. Sure this restored some faith in the powers that be that if there is going to be another star Wars movie, they might have some good stories to tell. And based off what we're seeing of this creative mind that is working at Disney plus on the projects, Uh it can work if it's in the right hands. Right now, obviously there's a whole lot of, you know, moving parts going on here. Sure. That is a lot of it going to make sense. Is a lot of it going to happen? We don't know. But from what we've seen on this show, and especially of just how it's a bounty hunter yeah. that has now become a father figure to one of the more recognizable characters in the Star Wars mythos, yeah. in a baby Yoda, yeah. this has been something that's really captivated fans. And really, like I can't emphasize enough, if you were disenfranchised with how Skywalker ended, this has restored some faith. I'm a, I'm a, still astounded as
1: to how big it is that like. Grogu and the Mandalorian have entered the Luke Skywalker, Darth Vader, Batman levels of transcending pop culture that I didn't think was possible. Yeah. You know, because Darth Vader, you hear the you hear the breathing, you hear James Earl Jones' voice, you know who it is. You mm-hmm. see Luke Skywalker, you know if he's in his garb from the very first movie, you know who it is even even if you've never seen the movie. Yeah. You know, you see the Batman logo, you know who that is. You see Grogu, you know what that is. I did not think that was possible. And just to the levels and extremes and craziness it has been. Of course, he had a balloon in the Macy's Thanksgiving Day parade last year.
0: Oh yeah. Like he
1: was the, the Funko did a balloon of all the products Funko has figures of. Mm-hmm. I've got fifty of them in my apartment. They chose Grogu. Yeah. It's insane.
0: It's absolutely crazy to think about, too. And especially the concept is so simple. And like I say, it's a lot of the Mandalorian slash Boba Fett vibe is like a spaghetti western type. You know, like it's just old school western cowboy storytelling almost yeah. to, to a degree like it's just crazy to see how this is all set up and done but to see how it's been implemented into a fan base and they've been just so overwhelmingly captivated yeah by it. like that's the thing you touch upon like to see grogu is now one of the more recognizable characters in all the star wars land yeah and now you're seeing how much hype is behind this that after that little teaser trailer, if you want to call it that, the bonus scene from yeah. um, or from Book of Boba Fett, yeah, fans are now clamoring. When is season three officially dropping? For I Mando? know, I'm wondering too. I I mean, I think a lot of it's going to be on May the fourth. I Could I be. have I have a sense. Like I'll, I'll, u, I'll use my my force to to figure that maybe. Out. But, I, like I say this was my number one because I think they've yeah. really done... This has been the benchmark we're setting everything against now.
1: Oh, yeah. Uh, and then, obviously, if you know me, this should come as no surprise to you. My number one sh- uh, Star Wars show that I've seen, the, the Clone Wars, ran from 2008 to 2020 with a couple of breaks in between. Uh, this was a show that, when it was first announced, I was super excited for. And because I was kind of nervous about watching an animated show, I watched In My Parents' House... Ups, I had graduated college or graduate college graduated high school the year prior, mm-hmm. you know, so this, I graduated 2007. So this came out in fall of 2008. So I was a, so I was starting my sophomore year of college, you know, so I was like 18, 19 years old. I will admit, I was a little embarrassed at the time to be watching an animated show. So I remember watching the first, cause they did the first two episodes premiered on uh, cartoon network. Cause the first five seasons were on cartoon network. Um, I remember watching the first—I don't know how many episodes—up in my parents' bedroom on their TV with the volume turned down to like two or three, mm-hmm. and sitting close so I could like watch it and still hear. It. But I, like whenever I'd hear somebody come up the stairs, up turn the channel. I don't want them to know I'm watching a cartoon. Yeah, you know this show dominated my life to where I bought. I would watch the episode on the night it aired, which was Friday for a lot of years, mm-hmm. and then Saturday when the episode came out on Apple on iTunes. I would buy the episode and watch it on Saturday morning. So I was usually watching this these episodes twice the week they aired. Mm. So I own all five seasons of Clone Wars on iTunes. You know, I would I when I was in college, I would not and this show was on, I would not go out with my friends because I knew a new episode was on and I had to see this show. Yeah. Because it, it introduced us to this unknown character in ahsoka tano who as we found out when it was the movie was announced was anakin skywalker's apprentice Mm -hmm. and completely flipped star wars on its head because to that point it hadn't been done right books comics video games nothing it it never been mentioned that he had a paddle on but all of a sudden he's got a paddle on and it's like holy fuck you know and then it became as i mentioned in the last segment a five-year journey and five-year plus year journey of does she live? And and Dave Filoni and Ashley Eckstein, you know, the director and then the voice actress for Ahsoka, you know, does she live? Does she live? And and that whole mess, mm. you know, and and just some of the landmark episodes, Christ, Mortis trilogy, nuff said, you know, Anakin finding out what happens in the future and then dealing with it, you know, and run meeting Qui Gon again. You know, Boba Fett brings down an entire Star Destroyer just to try and get back at Mace Windu for killing his father. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a, there's an arc where they have to retake uh, Geonosis because the Separatists have taken it back in, in their hands. You know, there's an episode, as I mentioned last week, where, where Cad Bane has to break into the Jedi Temple. Right. You know, there's, a, there's another set of episodes where, you know, the clones have to defend... Camino, because the separatists are trying to invade Camino. Mm-hmm. There's so many good episodes, and it's some of the best Star Wars storytelling that I I seriously, seriously, seriously recommend anyone who hasn't seen it go watch it. It's it's seven seasons. You know, it's the only show I know that has had three season f- series finales and executed all three brilliantly. Yeah, you know, it's some of the best storytelling I've ever seen done in Star Wars. It starts out a little slow, and it starts out a little little hokey at at the start of the first two seasons, but once you hit season three, season three gets absolutely insane. That's not to say season one and season two are boring. They're not. There are some episodes that are like, okay, this is failure. It doesn't have much going on. But you get to season three, and season three on is where it really finds its footing and finds its pace, and the animation gets so goddamn amazing.
0: Yeah, I definitely got to go back and check that out. It was something that didn't capture me as much as it did you. Sure. So it's, it's on my list to go back and check. Sure. But it's not to say I, I, I'm I not ripping on it. It's just it's something that when I gave it a chance, I didn't fully commit to it. Sure. And it was kind of just not really catching me that much. Sure. But then again, like I said, I like the kind of Western yeah. vibes that, you know, like the Mandalorian. The oh, Boba yeah. Fett. I mean, yeah. that's kind of my stuff. I mean, like, I mean. I've seen a lot of old school Clint Eastwood movies, oh, so sure. like, like that's why I say when I when I reference like a, a spaghetti western type, that's like the kind sure. of movie I'm I'm referring to, especially with Boba and Mando. So I mean, so I can understand your point though. Sure, and, and, I'm, and I would say I had Clone Wars a little lower on my on sure. my scale but I'm not saying it's a bad
1: thing. No, yeah, and and this was a show that wasn't afraid to take some risks and afraid to go some places. I mean, there was one episode in season six Mm -hmm. where Yoda thinks he's going nuts. He keeps hearing voices, and he goes off and tries to find whatever the hell's going on, and it leads him to Dagobah. Yeah. And he ends up meeting the spectral vision or spectral whatever of Darth Bane, Mm -hmm. who hadn't been canon to that point. He was made canon. If you don't know who he is, in the old canon in the books... He was the one who instituted the rule of two, master and apprentice of the Sith. So mm-hmm. Yoda met him in Clone Wars, and it was like what? And hey, voiced by one Mark Hamill. Yeah, you know, so it was just absolutely insane. Seriously, go watch it. All seven seasons are on uh, Disney Plus.
0: Definitely worth while checking out because now we have a little break in the action of what's coming out with the live action. Yeah. Star Wars shows. We know Andor is coming.
1: Andor's coming. You've got Ahsoka, uh, Obi-Wan. There is season two of The Bad Batch coming at
0: some point. Don't know when. Mm -hmm. But there is stuff on the horizon. Yeah, there's going to be a lot of stuff to go check out. But for right now, I mean, that's where we have everything ranked. And, you know, we have our picks about that. But now we want to hear yours, ODPH Society. Where is The Mandalorian ranking for you? Where is Boba Fett ranking for you? What is your Star Wars rank of shows? We want to have that discussion. So definitely hit us up. Let us know. Hashtag ODPHPod. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back.
2: This is Tom from Tom Joe Lou. This is Matt from Sidemen Sounds. And you're listening to ODPH Podcast. Wanna go where no know, one knows my name To the desert, the oceans, or the
1: plains
0: Cause I wanna... Coming back for the final segment on this edition of the ODPH Podcast... Pad, what you got for those one-shots? Got
1: a couple things to talk about. The first of which was something I am eagerly anticipating and excited to finally get confirmation of. Uh, that was a trailer and a release date for Season 5, the final season of The Last Kingdom. Uh, this was a show that initially started off on the British Broadcasting Channel uh, and was done in conjunction with Netflix. Uh, before it switched over to Netflix uh, exclusively. Okay. Uh, Fantastic show based on a series of books by the same name, uh, which it stars a, uh, features a character named Uhtred, uh, son of Uhtred, uh, Bevenberg, uh, it's set in the like 900s, you know, 1000, you know, uh, times of uh, the world. Set in England. Uh, fantastic show. Uh, Fourth seasons are currently on Netflix. Highly recommend you go check it out. The trailer looks absolutely awesome. Cannot wait for it. Uh, season five drops on March 9th. But that is not all we are getting from uh, The Last Kingdom. No. Of course, we are getting the film or Netflix feature. I forget what it is, uh, but I know that is currently filming. They announced that on the Facebook page for The Last Kingdom like last week or two. Ago, something like that, but the feature film or whatever is getting filmed right now, so we're getting one more season plus a movie. That's dope, super excited,
0: cannot wait. Yeah, the show looks definitely interesting. I want to go yeah. check this out.
1: Uh, this one and another one uh came out today, you know, not a trailer, but rather some interesting news that caught me by left field and went, Holy shit, this is gonna get messy and expensive. Uh, It was reported in an exclusive article from Variety that, quote, Lord of the Rings and Hobbit film and gaming rights up for sale. What? Yeah, so uh, reading from an article on uh, the exclusive on uh, Variety.com, quote, Hollywood is about to stampede into Middle Earth. An array of movies, merchandising, gaming, and live event rights to Lord of the Rings, The Hobbit, and other titles from author J.R.R. Tolkien are coming up for auction now that Saul Zients Co. has decided to sell its Tolkien holdings. Zients Co. has hired ACF Investment Bank to handle the sale process, which is unfolding this week as bankers make the rounds of the logical Hollywood buyers – uh, the Tolkien properties are projected to fetch at least $2 billion based on recent high valuation for top-tier IP content producers. Representatives for Zane's and ACF declined to comment. So this obviously is no surprise. We've got the Amazon Prime show set to debut uh, in September. There is going to be a full-fledged trailer for it this coming Sunday on this, during the Super Bowl. Mm. So this comes as no surprise that it's happening now uh in case you're wondering what the rights encompass again reading from the article uh it writes to lord of the rings the hobbit properties in film video games merchandising live events and theme parks Ooh. it also includes limited matching rights should the tolkien estate decide to make movies or other content based on two compilations of Tolkien writings that were published after his death in 1973, those being The Cimmerillion and The Unfinished Tales of Numenor and Middle-earth. And let me just say, if they ever decide to make a movie of The Cimmerillion, holy shit, you're going to be confused, because I was trying to read the damn
0: thing. Yeah, I always skip past that. Uh I I can't even.
1: Uh, Article goes on to say, Warner Brothers also maintains some development rights to Lord of the Rings through its ownership of New Line Cinema uh it and it goes on to mention how they had success with fellowship of the ring two towers and return of the king uh and it does mention that warner brothers last year announced plans for an anime theatrical feature to be produced with new line and warner brothers animation titled the lord of the rings the war of the Rohirrim. but and this is where it's gonna i mentioned it's gonna get messy uh it's understood that in the zance co view substantial live action film rights reverted back to them Last year, in part because Warner Brothers had not been actively developing new Lord of the Rings-related content. That development, plus the anticipation for the new Amazon series, was enough to convince Zantzko that the time was ripe for a sale. Warner Brothers declined to comment, but it is believed that the studio and Zantzko are already odds over who controls what when it comes to Lord of the Rings and The Hobbit rights, which have been the subject of extensive litigation over the years. So... In layman's terms, think of how Marvel, or not Marvel, Sony has to make a Spider-Man movie every couple of years, Mm -hmm. or else the rights revert back to Marvel. Kind of like the thing with uh, Daredevil and Fantastic Four. Exactly. Because a Daredevil film had not been made for a long enough time, the rights reverted back to Marvel. Same with Punisher, and and Jessica Jones, and Iron Fist, and and anything that has reverted back to Marvel over the years, it's because it hasn't been worked on.
2: Mm -hmm. That's Uh, interesting.
1: Yeah. Uh, So... uh, Saul Zance was an entrepreneur. He died in 2017. He uh, acquired the film adaptation and some other rights to Tolkien titles in 1976. You know, and it was kind of his foresight that he saw these books and said, you know what? Someday we'll we'll be able to make a movie out of these. Mm. And, And it was, I think, due in part, because of his purchase of what he did back then, we were able to get six fantastic films. I listen, I know the Hobbit movies aren't as good as Lord of the Rings, they're still enjoyable. Yeah, they're good, you know. But the fact that we're looking at that company selling the rights to Lord of the Rings and Hobbits and whatever the hell they entail, listen, I don't know. I'm not a lawyer. I'm glad I'm not a judge in this because it's going to get fucking messy. And corporate lawyers are always real fucking scary.
0: Yeah, anytime you want to take it to the legal system, this is never, yeah, easy. I mean, you take a look at like the nonsense. In, in a very different case with the Friday the 13th stuff? Sure. Like, yeah. this is anytime a, a property like this is going to go there for sure. arguing about who owns what. It... Sure.
1: Well, and you got to figure hey. something like Lord of the Rings and, and what it comes with. You're going to have no shortage of folks willing, willing to back up the uh, old Brinks truck, pay for it. I would imagine Disney might get involved. I wouldn't be surprised if Sony gets involved. Mm-hmm. You know, I, listen, I was talking with some friends, and I know they threw on Microsoft just to add one more stone to the infinity. Goal. Stop. Yeah. Listen, the, Microsoft ain't got a fucking movie studio, so they they got no purpose for it. Do they have the money? Yeah, probably, but I just don't see that happening. If if anything, I if I had to put money on or like an early lock as to who would be the ones that'll do it, Amazon.
0: Amazon's the only one jumping to me that would do it.
1: You know, Amazon. Listen, there's no shortage. If depending on what if if it is the film rights getting Lord of the Rings and the Hobbit for say Disney plus, if, if Disney were to jump in and do it would be a massive fucking get. And I don't think they would have too many issues with the regulators because you're not purchasing a company. You're just purchasing rights. Yeah. So it's, so it's not like the Microsoft Activision thing where the right, where the the regulators might get involved because it's two companies coming together. This is just one company purchasing the rights. So the regulators ain't going to have no issues with this as far as I can imagine. You know, but just off the top of my head, hell, even Netflix. If Netflix was able, I don't think they have the money for it. But if Netflix were able, were able to pull this off, that would, for Netflix to have all six Tolkien films on there and any future works, would be massive for them. So, like I said, there's going to be no shortage of folks and companies lining up to purchase these rights, and it'll be very interesting to see what happens.
0: Yeah, definitely stay tuned for that. I mean, it's it's going to get messy. I mean, that's the only thing I think we can guarantee about that. Uh huh. Like, this is not going to be an open and shut deal. No. This is going to be... This is going to be long and drawn out. Drawn out. Uh-huh. Yikes.
1: Uh, sw- sticking with some uh, streaming news. It was the, uh, we got some good news, everyone. Uh, Futurama is being revived at Hulu. and I gotta, hmm. And I got to admit, I don't know how I feel about this yeah i'm with you on that uh so again according to an article from variety they learned uh that hulu has ordered a 20 episode order of of course the highly uh praised uh adult animated sci-fi comedy series uh from david Cohn and matt Groening. uh they were the original uh series creators you know Groening was a creator and uh Cohn developed it with him uh you will have original cast series cast members billy west katie seagal Tress McNeil, Maurice LaMarche, Lauren, Tom, Phil Lamar, and David Herna- Herman, uh, will all return. Uh, John DiMaggio, uh, who voiced Vend- Bender and some of the other minor characters is not attached currently. Uh, so this is a reading from the article, uh, quote, according to an individual with knowledge of the project, the producers are hopeful DiMaggio will return. Should that not happen? Bender will be recast. Uh, production is, uh, set to begin this month, uh, with an eye towards a 2023 premiere Uh, Cohen went on to say, uh, quote, I'm thrilled to have another chance to think about Uh, the future or really anything other than the present Uh, groaning said it's a true honor to announce the triumphant return of Futurama one more time before we get canceled abruptly again (laughs) not wrong so if you're not familiar uh, Futurama is the show of Philip uh, Fry a 25 year old pizza delivery boy who gets accidentally frozen on December 31st 1999 and wakes up a thousand years in the future and it's just kind of his Come to grips with, hey, it's New York, but it's not his New York, and he's got to adjust and adapt. It's much in the same vein of Family Guy. It's hit and miss. There are some great episodes. There are some not so great episodes. But what's conflicting for me is just the show ended so goddamn perfectly that they came back, you know, it got canceled, and then they brought it back for one more season, and then they did one more season, you know. So I have fond memories of the show because I didn't watch it when it aired. I binged the entire thing when I was in college. You know, on when I first got a Netflix, you know, when I got Netflix. I watched uh, Heroes, I watched Lost, and then I was like, "Hey, you know what? I'll watch Futurama." Got real confused when I got to like season six or seven on Netflix because episode one, an hour and a half, and I went, like, "What the fuck?" Yeah, they put the movies on there in season form. You know, but I binged the entire thing when I was in college, like ten years ago. I will still if because it's on Sci-Fi fairly regular rotation on like Friday night, Saturday night. If there's nothing on TV and I'm flipping channels and I see Futurama's on Sci-Fi, I will absolutely stop and watch Futurama. So I'm excited to see it come back. But given how it ended and it ended so perfectly, I'm conflicted. Like, do we really need it? We'll see. Though I'll give it a shot.
0: Yeah, I'm with you on that. It's it's just like sometimes the idea of do we need a remake. Well, it's not even a remake. It's a continuation. Well, right. But still, it's just like when you end something, you got to take a look at it. Like, is it worth bringing back or did we leave it in a good place? Like, for example, Dexter needed to fix that mess.
1: Yeah, I agree with you there.
0: This one, I'm with you. It's like it ended on a strong note. It's not like anybody was really screaming like you need to bring it back to fix things. I don't know. Like, I I, I guess I'm I'm with you on this. Like, I, I don't know how to exactly go about this like that, yeah. that's like that's the messed up part of this is just i'm looking at it going like okay i understand it's very cool to bring stuff back from the 90s right now yeah. and in 2000s no yeah yeah it's, yeah. it's like, very popular yeah it's the thing to do but it's like is it necessary and do you think it's going to be worth the effort yeah i don't know like this one i'll be honest and i don't know
1: yeah no i don't either like i said i'll give it a shot and i'm gonna watch it but it's just, I reserve judgment on how I'm going to feel. Absolutely. Uh, and then it was announced via a uh, Disney earnings call from one Disney CEO, Bob Chapek, that we got a release date for the upcoming Star Wars show, Obi-Wan Kenobi. Oh, geez. No, it's not May the 4th. So missed goddamn up. Oh. Opp- missed opportunity there, folks. Although, listen, I understand May the 4th is on Wednesday, but hey, come on the uh, announced date was revealed that it is going to be uh, debut on may 25th uh and which also mark but i get why they did it because uh may 5th or excuse me may 25th also marks the 45th anniversary of the release of star wars a new hope So so I get that. Uh, We did get an official description or kind of like a little plot description of the show. So we got a little bit of information. Mm -hmm. We did know it's starring Ewan McGregor reprising his role as Obi-Wan Kenobi and it's set after Revenge of the Sith. But We didn't quite know what's going on, you know, but we got a little bit of a teaser. Uh, The description is Obi-Wan Kenobi is set 10 years after the dramatic events of Star Wars Revenge of the Sith where Jedi master Obi-Wan Kenobi faced his greatest defeat, the downfall and corruption of his best friend and Jedi apprentice, Anakin Skywalker, who turned to the dark side as evil Sith Lord Darth Vader. Hmm. McGregor Mm -hmm. reprises his role as Obi-Wan alongside Anakin himself, Hayden Christensen. The series also stars Moses Ingram, Joel Edgerton, Bonnie uh, P.S., Kumail uh, Nanjiani, uh, Indira Varma, Rupert Friend, O'Shea Jackson Jr. Okay. Uh, Sun Kang, Simone Kessel, and Benny uh, Safdie. Uh, the series is executive produced by Kathleen Kennedy, uh, Michelle uh, Rejuan, Deborah Chow, Ewan McGregor, and Joby Harold. Uh, so I am super fucking excited for this just because we're getting Ewan McGregor coming back. We're getting Star Wars Jesus himself coming back. Yeah. And we're also getting the chosen one, Hayden Christensen, coming back as Anakin. And the fact that we're getting the two of them back, and presumably if Hayden's in it, he's either going to be Vader, which I think will happen, and there might be some flashback sequences where we see him as Anakin. And if they bring in uh, they bring in Ahsoka, and I see Hayden Christensen call Ahsoka snips in live action, I'm going to fucking lose it. Calling it right now.
0: This show has got so much hype behind it.
1: It's got more hype and more stacked against it than The Mandalorian did.
0: Oh, facts. Absolutely, facts. Because, let's face it, when we talk about the original Star Wars cast in that movie, Obi-Wan Kenobi has got a big following. One of the most uh-huh. noted names in the Star Wars universe. Uh-huh. So, stakes are high. They've gotten the casting back. I mean, when you get the actors coming back from the movies. Yeah. Especially getting Hayden out of retirement. Holy shit, yeah. that's That's a big flex. That's a huge move. Uh-huh. This show has to hit. I know we'll be previewing this and we'll be covering this on the on the podcast coming Absolutely. up. Absolutely. But I don't think anything else uh-huh. is on that level of like It can't fail.
1: Yeah. They also, I should mention, did release a poster uh, with the announcement. You can find it on social media. I'm showing Ken the poster now. It does feature a... It's not Ewan McGregor. It looks to be like a drawing or or like a painting of some sort. But it does feature a very grizzled Obi-Wan Kenobi on the sands of Tatooine walking in the desert. And it just says, Star Wars Obi-Wan Kenobi, original series, May 25th, only on Disney+. Plus.
0: poster looks dope. The
1: poster looks awesome. I seriously cannot fucking
0: wait. Yeah, I'm definitely down for that.
1: And then lastly, and certainly not leastly, there was a Nintendo Direct today. And holy shit, did Nintendo come in all guns blazing. This isn't everything. This is just some of the stuff that jumped out to me. I'm sure you can find out a recap of everything, because Lord knows I probably missed some things. Uh, well, so one of the things they announced was that Star Wars The Force Unleashed, of course, the fantastic freaking game that was done by LucasArts, uh 2007 2005 somewhere in there mm-hmm. uh is being released with the nintendo on the nintendo switch in april so super excited about that if you are a uh nintendo switch owner it's a fantastic game if you haven't played it you should uh also announced is mario strikers is uh back with battle league and that'll launches on june 10th so this is mario soccer so that <laughs> was that looks super fun up yeah here.
0: i was gonna say that'll be they'll be adorably uh-huh.
1: fun you've got a successor to the wii sports franchise in nintendo switch sports uh, that's coming it's going to feature bowling badminton soccer volleyball tennis and i don't know what the hell this is chambara I've, I've never heard of it but hey looks cool uh that is releasing on april 29th uh portal one and portal two are coming to the nintendo switch later this year as part of the portal co- uh companion collection play portal one it's hard as fucking shit i <laughs> realize i'm no idiot but god damn that made me feel like an idiot sometimes uh, also announced earthbound, uh, which is one of the 100 greatest games of all time. According to IGN Yeah, uh, uh, is coming to the switch later today as we, uh, record and also you're getting earthbound beginnings. So that was definitely a surprise. Uh, you're also getting Xenoblade Chronicles three, uh, is announced, was announced for a September 2022 release date uh you're also getting 48 remastered courses are coming to the mario kart 8 deluxe as paid dlc starting in march and releasing through the end of 2023 48 so yeah so one of the things i like with mario kart 8 and mario kart 8 deluxe i don't own it but christ i've watched enough twitch live streams and youtube gameplays of it is they have new maps but they've also taken some maps from like the snes the nintendo 64 The DS version, the Wii version, and you can play those maps on there. So what it sounds like they're going to do is they're going to take 48 other courses from previous iterations, remaster them, and in probably some cases, bastardize them like they did freaking Rainbow Road. Mm -hmm. Rainbow Road used to be a lot harder than it is nowadays. Okay. You know, remaster them and put them out on the game. So,
0: hell yeah, that sounds awesome. I mean, definitely sounds very intriguing. I'm not the biggest Switch person. Sure. So, but I'm listening and I'm like, okay, I can see this. I can see this. Uh, And then you
1: also got uh, Disney and Pixar announced Disney Speedstorm, which is a new free-to-play racer uh, coming out uh, for the Switch. So that sounds awesome. Uh, And those are kind of just some of the stuff that jumped out to me from Nintendo Direct. A hell of an announcement on their part.
0: Yeah, they definitely were coming out with stuff left and right. I mean... Like I said, I'm not the biggest Switch person. Sure. I probably should invest in one. I but... mean, you,
1: you have to, in their case, come out firing because with PlayStation acquiring Bungie and mm. all signs pointing to them acquiring more, who the hell knows, and Microsoft scooping up everything else, you have to come out with a strong list of stuff because otherwise people are going to want Microsoft and they're going to want Sony and they're going to leave you by the wayside.
0: Yeah. so Which I, is
1: I just... impossible to think of because Nintendo's been around, around a long time.
0: Well, Nintendo was the benchmark for so many years, and uh-huh. then, you know, everybody else finally caught up to them and surpassed them in yeah. any aspect. So yeah. that makes sense to me. Yeah. All right. So for my one shots, well, Pad, we are now in the year 2022, correct? Correct. So 30 years ago was kind of like a big time in comics, per se. Yes. Two events really stuck out. I mean, one, Image Comics was formed. Yeah, and, yep, I mean, that, yep. that's that been a game changer upon game changers. Uh, the history of the big seven leaving Marvel and forming their own company and, and really revolutionizing the comic industry is just a story upon itself. But also, 30 years ago, Marvel Comics decided to do kind of a crazy comic line. Okay. And have you ever heard of the 2099 series?
1: Uh, I've heard of Spider-Man 2099.
0: Right. Uh, That was the lead character in this. Right. They came out with this concept about doing a book in the far future. Sure. And really taking a complete different look about how the Marvel Universe would be.
1: It's like the polar opposite of the Avengers Jurassic thing or whatever. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Like I said, it's it's so far in the future. Like you you saw different interpretations of Spider-Man, the Punisher, Ghost Rider, the X-Men. Sure. Even uh, there was a new character, Ravage. And Doctor Doom had conquered the world, finally. Right. Like, it was, it was it was a very unique concept. Why I'm bringing this up is, according to Marvel.com, okay. in May, we're going back to that universe. Ooh. So we're going to have Spider-Man 2099 Exodus Alpha, written by Steve Orlando uh, with art from Paul Fry and covers by Leanne Linf- Francis Yu. Okay. So that'll be dropping in kind of continuation of the story that's going on with... Just going back to that universe, I mean, it's kind of a little crazy. I'm showing Pad the artwork for it right now. That's nice. Yeah, so a little Ghost Rider action. And you're just going to see a lot of different interpretations of characters. There's a new Winter Soldier they're going to be introducing. Uh Uh-oh. And Loki 2099. Oh, boy. So this is going to be something if you're a nostalgic reader like I am, uh, I'm going to definitely want to peruse this a little bit because I remember reading when 2099 came out. It was such a different idea for the books and that whole universe was just something unique. But I mean for the 90s Marvel was kind of going in a lot of different directions in my opinion. Yeah, yeah. I mean, on one Spectre, we had the clone saga. I mean, so I need some else to, saga known to man. Oh, you bite your tongue. But this one though, I will say I'm more interested to see about what they're going to do against. Obviously, Spider-Man 2999 has had a kind of a resurgence of popularity from into the Spider-Verse and just really kind of making the rounds of coming in the comic shop. So this will be interesting to see when the book comes out. It's slated to drop May 2nd, I believe, or May 4th, I'm sorry. Okay. So May 4th, Leon Francis U is doing the covers for Spider-Man X's Alpha number 1 because they're taking it back to the Alphas. Uh, this used to be like a staple for Marvel events. They'd have an Alpha and Omega oh, okay. Bookends. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So kind of a little throwback, but for 30 years. It's kind of scary to believe that it's been that long since... They've had that series lined up, too. So definitely something interesting there. Over at Valiant, you know that's another staple of my heart. It was announced on SciFi.com that we're going to get a new Archer and Armstrong book. Ooh. One of my favorite pairings of all the Valiant universe. So this book will be coming out uh, Archer and Armstrong forever. So it will be Hidden Stands May 4th as well. <laughs> Uh, written by Steve Fox and art by Marticio Fortito, So this is going to be something definitely worthwhile checking out. And like I say, for me, I'm an old-school Valiant reader. Obviously, I've been covering it on Parley Points, if you follow the blog, anything that's coming out Valiant-wise as well. So seeing the cool interpretations of where they are now has been something I've been super enjoying, especially The Harbinger. I think it's one of the best books on the block. But Archer and Armstrong, I cannot wait to check this book out when it drops. So I'm super excited about that. And talking about the comic shops, let's take a quick peruse of what is in the shops this week. Now, kicking off my list, Mighty Morphin number 16, The Altarian War is almost done, Pat. Oh. Now, this book, uh-huh. and I'm showing Pat the cover right now. Ooh, very nice. has been a story that if you are not super into Power Rangers, I fully recommend going back and starting at the beginning and getting into the story. What Ryan Parrott's been doing on this book And between both books, because he's the writer of Mighty Morphin and Power Rangers, they have them split in two, is nothing short of epic. And I don't like throwing that word around unless it means something. Right. This whole storyline has really made me become a better Power Rangers fan. And everything they've been doing with this book has been something very cool between this and, and Power Rangers itself. But the story is definitely worth checking out. There's one more issue to go, and it was announced that this is Ryan Parrott's last one on Mighty Morphin. Ah. He's leaving. Uh, obviously, we know he's got Rogue Sun coming out uh, very, very shortly. He is going to be still doing Power Rangers, and Matt Groom is going to be taking over Mighty Morphin. So I'm like, super excited to see what he's going to be bringing to the table for that. So definitely recommending that. Also, hitting comic shops. Let's talking about uh, Supermassive. Radiant Black number 12 just came out. Oh. So, you know, you want to pick that up, focusing on Radiant Pink. And then, this is the last stop before we get to Super Massive. And if you have not been keeping track of what is going on in the Massive Universe, I'm going to tell you right now get on board ASAP. You can go back and hear the episode where we had Kyle Higgins, Ryan Parrott, and Matt Groom on the podcast talking about it. Because that book is going to drop and it's going to be the stuff everybody is talking about at your LCS so you don't want to be left out now, do you? I don't think so. No. Also, coming out from DC Comics, they got a big week coming out as well. Batman and Catwoman number 10. So obviously that story is still taking a lot of different turns. It's been a very fun read. I know we haven't really talked about it too much on the show, but it's, it's been interesting to me. So I'm super excited about that. And obviously there is some Justice League news as coming out that, I want to get your opinion on, pad. Okay. Now, we do know that it was announced that the Justice League allegedly is getting killed off.
1: Give it five months, but yeah.
0: Yeah, it's, it's going to happen. Yep. And we did get a trailer released for Dark Crisis. So this is going to be the Fallout event coming out after this issue. Uh-huh. And it's more or less... It gives me that 5G vibe. Oh uh, yeah, that you know when Dan DiLeo was still at DC, yep. that was rumored yep. the the play that was going to be. Yep, that they were having um the the next generation takeover. There is a trailer out right now on YouTube that DC Comics has been posting. Yep, giving a little more update about what's going on with this event, and it's going to be interesting. I'm going to say that right now. I don't know necessarily how I feel about it. Joshua Williamson is writing this. Uh, this book, like I say, it just—it's giving me weird vibes. Mm-hmm. Like I think it looks promising, I will say that, but I don't know if I'm necessarily sold on this because anytime DC likes to throw around crisis, yeah, we've had Inf- uh, crisis on Infinite Earths, which is classic. Yep, we've had Identity Crisis, we've had a bunch of other ones. Anytime you start dancing around with timelines and and crisis as an event, you get a little—you got to deliver. Yeah, it's got to come with something. And obviously with the characters involved here and this is covering everybody in the DCU. Yeah. I'm just curious of how this is going to play out especially if this is supposed to be involved in the next generation. Like so right. this is I like I say it's giving me 5G vibes. I don't Know how I feel about that. But I was curious about your opinion for this.
1: I mean, eh, I applaud them for taking some risks and taking, you know, because killing off the entire Justice League is a ballsy move. Mm-hmm. You know, that is your your staple. That is your franchise. You know, that is what you can hang your hat on. You know, so sort of, and by Justice League, I mean the main characters. So they're not just killing off Batman or Superman. No, they're killing off Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman, you know, Green Lantern, Flash, Martian Manhunter, like the entire main core. That's ballsy, but like at the same token, let, let, let's face it. We know you're going to bring them back in like five, six months when the time is right or the sales start dipping, Yeah, you know, because it's one thing to kill off a character for shock value and have it last for maybe a year or so and then bring them back. But to do that, you have to deliver and it has to be an amazing story. And if it's anything short of amazing, it's going to be a blemish on, on the uh, history books.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's a, that's one area where you dance around with that. And I think you hit it right on the head. When you're going to make a massive move, and we talk about throwing it back to the 90s with 30 years. Yeah. Remember, that was the time DC was doing events like Nightfall with Batman, right, Death right. of Superman. When you do these crazy events, you really got to hit the home runs. Now, granted, I mean, Death of Superman was good uh, for what it was at the time, albeit when they spun it out to the four Supermen. That was kind of an interesting twist. I do not care for Superman Red or Blue. That's not a, a storyline I really much yeah. care for. It, it, you know, I loved know.
1: it as a kid. No,
0: yeah, no. not so much. Yeah, I don't think it holds up the nowadays. But I still want the Funko Pop, though. No, Funko looks interesting, but it's, it's just kind of that aspect that it's like when you start dancing around with stuff that we we've kind of already done. And not saying this is a rehash by any means. No, oh yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. But the fact they're doing it on the anniversary. Yeah,
0: yeah. like you, you you figure it's thirty years and. You know, kind of dipping around where you have you're killing off the entire Justice League. There's big ramifications coming with this. It'll be interesting to see though, because they're going to be doing, according to the article from comicbook.com, a uh, special free comic book day issue. Okay. So you definitely want to kind of take a look and see what there's going on with this. Definitely check out the YouTube trailer as well and let us know what you think of it. I, I like I said, I'll be honest, I'm not a thousand percent sold on, sold on it yet, but I'm definitely gonna check it out. Like I just I don't know like how I really feel about this. If that makes any sense. Yeah. And then on the Marvel side of things, you know, Marvel has kind of had, like, a, I would say a relatively quiet week. Have, sure. there's hasn't been too much crazy MCU news. I mean, other than the 2099 stuff coming out. Right. Uh, I mean, coming, coming to the comic shops, like, Avengers 53 looks very interesting. And then whatever they're doing with Amazing Spider-Man 88, I saw the Slingers team is back. Yeah. Are you familiar with them, Pad? No. Uh, that's another 90s thing. Yeah. yeah. that's
1: up there with Clone Saga for you, huh?
0: Well, not as bad, but it's it's interesting to see how this is going to play out. Like it was this was like another team idea concept. Okay, I got gotcha. you. That uh Peter Parker, yeah, like I I don't want to get into it cuz I'm just going to start ranting, but it's something that definitely go check out your comic shops and let us know what you think about Because I always like hearing everybody's opinion. Like, what books are you checking out that we should be taking a look at? Like, for me, like, my big picks this week is Mighty Morphin 16 and, and Radiant Black 12. Like, that's the ones that I'm going to tell you right now. Get to your LCS and go support them. Go pick up some issues. Go support the hell out of your LCSs. And go support the hell out of your independent comic podcasts as well. So, that being said, the music you heard on this edition of the ODPH is that of Shout at the Robots. They're big comic fans. Yeah, they are. You can definitely talk to Julian about that. He will definitely interact with you about that. Pat, where do I go to find out about Shout? ODPHpodcast.com. Right on. Swing on over to the music section. Check out everything on Shout. Everything going on Brian Wolf, Tom Sheldon, Yard Party, Floodlands. The list goes on and on. You definitely want to go support the hell out of those people because they're fantastic. Also, while you are at the website, swing on over to Parley Points. Go check out the comic blog reviews. Go check out Blogs Count Anywhere. There's a Monday Monday Minute blog out. Dre dropped some knowledge on us this week. So we definitely want to go check out what we have over there. That's complimentary pieces to the podcast, and you definitely want to go support that. Check out the directory as well, because, Pat, how many sites are we on now? Like 17,000. And 14. It is a crazy number, and we can't thank you enough for doing all the support, but if you want to find us on your favorite podcast providers, simple. It's click that spot and go right there. That simple. I can't stress it enough. Also, check out The Classifieds, which has Friends of the Show, Organizational Links, Support, and Black Lives Matter. All the amazing pod groups we earn via their podchaser pages. So shout out to the Inner Circle. Shout out to the Apocalypse. Shout out to 607 Podcasts and 8122 Productions. All of that, the T Public Store. Sale going on for Valentine's Day. I'm telling you right now. Nothing says I love you more than some ODPH swag. Everything and everything that is the ODPH. Because I said it twice because it's so nice. ODPHpodcast.com. That's all I got for this week. So for the one and only, Uh Dear Tom Holland, I
1: love and respect you as an actor, but we do not need to see a live-action Jack and Daxter film in any way, shape, or form.
0: Oh, that's that's something he's pitching.
1: He wants to he wants to see a live action Jack and Jack and Daxter film uh, PlayStation property from the A twenty four Studio, so they can make it real weird and dark. No, just no. Like if you want to do like the Ratchet and Clank movie and do like a three D animation, sure. Live action,
0: no. I'm gonna end this on a happy note. Go check out Amazon Prime Video. Watch the Legends of Vox Machina. It has been fantastic. New episodes are coming out this week, so you definitely want to go check that out. And that on a happy note. Go support the hell out of that. It's fucking fantastic. I'm your host, Ken em. Thank you, as always, for listening to the ODPH podcast, better known as the Ocho Duro Parlay Hour. See you next time.